Morena, and welcome to the Dawn Chorus. I'm Bernard Hickey. This is my daily podcast that goes out with my email newsletter via Substack. It's called The Kaka. A few bits and pieces out uh, this morning that I thought was worth mentioning. Uh, we got a poll last night via One News, the Kantar poll, which shows that National and ACT could govern alone if the poll results last night were replicated on October the 14th. That's because Nationals' support rose three percentage points and the Greens' support fell four percentage points. Uh, it's very close, though. Uh, if you look at how it plays out in Parliament, essentially National Act have a margin of victory, if you like, of one seat. And it uh, means that, as we normally see, MMP elections are very close. They're very focused on what happens at the middle of the electoral spectrum with median voters. And uh, that's where the attention is focused and will be again. There is um, some slight uh, um, change in the underlying drivers of the polls. Uh, one of the themes in recent months has been the personal unpopularity of Christopher Luxon in various polls. And I include in today's email newsletter the Curia Taxpayers Union poll, which looks at net favourability, which is a, um, a way of measuring popularity that's used overseas. We have previously used preferred PM as the way to try to understand the personal popularity of the candidates. And the preferred PM ratings, according to the One News Kantar poll, show a slight improvement for Luxon and a slight fall for Chris Hipkins. Uh, still, though, there's a gap, and it's a significant gap. And when you look at the Curia Taxpayers Union measures of net unfavorability, certainly amongst swinging voters, Luxon remains significantly unpopular. And the last... Uh, measures in the Curia poll done earlier in the month before the budget showed that Luxon was at his lowest point uh, and at similar levels of unpopularity as Judith Collins was in November 2021, just before um, she uh, was rolled and replaced by Christopher Luxon. And you can see it in some of the attack lines and rhetoric that's coming out of the government. Christopher Chris, Chris Hipkins, boy, this election's going to be long, full of Chris's. <laughs> Chris Hipkins uh, came out with um, a dig at uh, uh, Christopher Luxon's uh, announcement day before yesterday that the MDRS, the Townhouse Nation, Rules were a mistake by National. This, of course, was a signature policy of Nicola Willis's. And Chris Hipkins has pointed out that um, Willis would not be able to trust her own leader on a policy that uh, she backed. So clearly trust is a point of leverage Labour are going to go for on National. And uh, we'll see how that plays out in the election campaign. It's continuing to be a worry for those who would like to see a National Act government, and certainly that margin of being able to govern alone is not um, particularly wide for any level of comfort. A couple of bits and pieces of news on the housing and climate front today. Uh, we've got 
a an announcement from Tower Insurance yesterday that it was going to move to what it calls risk brace risk based pricing for its car and home loans to account for climate change. In effect, uh, if you've got a car or a house that's in a flood zone or subject to coastal surges or slips, there is um, granular street-by-street analysis being done by Tower to work out what the risk is to the value of your home and some sort of um, uh, climate event. And uh, that's interesting because it's the first time we've seen this from an insurance company for cars and for houses for flood risk in um, in New Zealand. Uh, and it's important because a Tower tends to lead the market on this. And we certainly saw it after the Christchurch earthquakes when it was the first to move to a more granular risk-based pricing system for earthquakes. Previously, it was a pretty broad way of measuring uh, earthquake risk, which didn't take into account specific uh, um, fault lines and areas that were deemed more risk, risk um, more at risk of earthquakes. And so what we saw was a significant increase in insurance premiums, particularly in the likes of Wellington, Napier, Christchurch uh, uh, and the likes, um, because they were m- deemed to be more um, at risk of earthquakes. That means uh, we are starting to see the beginning of the um, repricing of housing and locations based on the climate risk involved in a, in a much more direct and granular way. Tower will be the first to do this. Others will follow. And um, from a home ownership point of view, of course, once you start to see insurance premiums change, then you know that uh, the game is up. And um, those areas uh, that are most affected may struggle to get reasonably priced insurance, which means they're effectively unsaleable because you can't get a mortgage without insurance. And uh, this is one of those moments when the rubber hits the road on climate change for people in the prices of their insurance policies. So I think that's worth mentioning. The other one that's worth mentioning is a report out last night from the International Energy Agency, which is a pretty widely respected forecaster on energy issues. It forecasts that for the first year this year, investment globally in solar energy uh, generation will surpass investment in uh, oil uh, oil, uh, discovery for the first time. So that's uh, important and shows that the, in the rest of the world there's a massive surge in installation of solar panels, uh, not just um, on houses and on factories, uh, but also in these big solar farms. Now we have seen various announcements, but uh, New Zealand has been slow on the uptake here, in large part because there aren't many or any government subsidies. And you're seeing explosions of this sort of investment in the likes of the United States and in Europe, and obviously it's been going on for a long time in China, as the price and the cost of these panels and installation becomes cheaper, the scale becomes better, and uh, we're starting to see significant amounts of renewable energy um, installations in solar in the rest of the world, but not necessarily here. And uh, it's a good question for our politicians coming up to the election. What subsidies, what measures are going to be taken to encourage solar panel uptakes? 
and what changes are you going to make to the electricity market so that people feel like uh, they can sell their electricity back into the grid for a fair price. I'll keep an eye on that one. Now, looking out for the rest of the day, uh, I'm going to be doing my weekly Ask Me Anything session at midday. Look out for the uh, email for paying subscribers to go in there to comment. And then, of course, we have our weekly Hoon, our weekly webinar for paying subscribers in which we take a, a lap around the week's news in geopolitics and the political economy here uh, with Peter Bale, who will be dialing in from uh, I think London this time. Uh, last last week we had the fun um, the fun thing with the foxes, and it turned up in Peter's back, background, uh, which made my day. And uh, we'll look forward to another hoon this afternoon. Um, please jump into the chat, uh, which you can uh, uh, get if you download it from the. Uh, uh, email newsletter if you haven't already and um, if anything breaks during the day I'll do a quick uh, update in the chat and you're welcome as a paying subscriber to to jump in there and um, suggest questions uh, point out other bits and pieces of news have a chat with other subscribers to the Kaka and uh, also suggest potential guests for the Hoon this afternoon uh, on the face of it, I'm looking for um, people who can talk about uh, the change to MDRS that, uh, or Townhouse Nation that Christopher Luxon uh, talked about this week. Uh, we've also got the Reserve Bank's decision on monetary policy, which was seen as a dovish one and uh, which uh, may help um, boost the housing market. And I'm also keen to have a look at this change in insurance policy around climate change. Because, of course, the kaka and the work I do here is all about um, the political economy in Aotearoa and how it relates to housing unaffordability, climate change in action and poverty reduction. Now, you may be hearing this um, if you are a free subscriber because uh, this month uh, until early June, I'm experimenting with putting up the podcast and all of the material that I put out for free to everyone both free subscribers and paying subscribers, at exactly the same time. To see what um, happens to my subscription levels, thanks again to paying subscribers for their um, permission in advance to do this. It seems a strange thing to do if you're running a paywalled website to give away all of your stuff. Uh, but actually, uh, people who are interested in supporting the work I do uh, want to see it out in the public. And um, as I look to grow the audience uh, for this and um, the level of support for this sort of public interest journalism, uh, putting it out in public sometimes is one way to um, improve the level of support. So um, it's an experiment. We'll see how it goes. So far, it's going okay. And um, if you are listening to this for the first time as a free subscriber, I welcome you joining our uh, group of uh, paying subscribers to ensure we get this work done reporting on climate change, housing and poverty in Aotearoa. I'm Bernard Hickey for the Kaka. Kaki Te anō. See you on the see you this afternoon.